trying to figure out why I'm not hearing. I still don't hear nothing. Nothing. I hear you in mine, so I know you're broadcasting. Maybe. That's what I'm working on. I'm trying. Yeah, you're... Pull your cord up again. This. Wait. This one. Can we hear me now? Yes. Finally, we can hear me. I'm sorry, everybody. I can't ever figure out that stuff. I just wait for Hillippy to fix it for me. Anyway, thank you for tuning in with us to this, tonight for uh, Otherland Dreams. I am Lady Stars and Fire, and I'm here with Hill Hippie. How are you, honey? I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm doing so well. I wish I could say that. Well, I'm sorry. It's not that I've had a bad day. I'm just, I'm noticing, I guess it goes along with the October energy in general. It's just, I'm kind of, I'm really sensitive. Well, I'm just picking up so much energy that I'm, I'm like, can, can, I want to hide. Going back to resonating what you want, you got to rise above. Oh, I'm rising above it, but I'm like... No, you're not. If you're feeling that, uh, no, then you're not rising above. <laughs> it's a personal goal. You must reach it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I must reach it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a freaking choice. <laughs> but no, it's just, I've been, it's, I've, it's just exhausting me lately. But it may also have to do a little bit with, um, with, with, okay, I'm not going into astrology, but in general, the, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Mars? No, Mercury. Mercury moves. That is in. astrology. Yeah, I'm saying, but Mercury. So you, so you are going to do astrology. Don't lie to the people. But to, uh, uh, not not doing the astrology itself. But what I'm saying is. But you're going. I'm not doing the full astrology, but I'm going to dip my toe into astrology. Okay, I'm going to do that for a moment. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is uh, Mercury moved into uh, Scorpio today, and I think when I, I've always been really sensitive when the planets move. I get really sensitive on top of it. But then on top of it, I mean, there's another thing going on with the energy today because we're having, as said, for October 9th, we were having another geometric storm. Which I'm still booting up to find out what the validity of that statement is. Yeah, I figured you would be. Um, saying it's just a G1, but then we've had all kinds of solar winds. So I just G1. think this, I just know what I'm reading. And who gives you that information? I'm getting it from spaceweather.com, and I'm getting it from Space Weather Prediction Center. And G1 is a measurement of what? Because I, I don't know. But that it's is not a coronal mass ejection a number? K-index. <laughs> yeah, I knew he'd come all into limit. That's why I said it, so he'd look it up, because I was like, I'm, not, I'm feeling it, and the energies of like, what's going on in the world that I don't understand or the universe? Because my sensitivity is feeling it. That's give, the whole reason why I started the astrology. Say, give me a second. Let me pull up. Geomagnetic storm. Level one? 
That means nothing. That's nothing to worry about. That doesn't mean that sensitive still still feel funkiness when it's happening. On top of like I said, the uh, Mercury moving in, and it, Mercury's just gonna like plow through I have, Scorpio. I have technical week. information. <laughs> Are you on Solar Ham? Uh, G one minor geomagnetic storm that, impacts. That's not answering the question. Are you on Solar Ham? <laughs> no. Okay. And they fight over it. <laughs> Migratory animals are affected at this and higher levels. Aurora is commonly visible at high latitudes, northern Michigan and Maine. Uh, yeah, KP so index. This is, this is the kind of weather that produces those Aurora Borealis. Effects. Uh, no, not down here. No, in in Michigan and Maine. That's what I just said. That specifically in Michigan and Maine. Okay, KP indexes reaching uh, from October seventh to today, October tenth. Uh, going into October 8th, we had a KP index reaching, uh, index number five, meaning here in the United States, the upper United States, Michigan, Maine, you could see <coughs> Aurora Borealises. Uh, the highest we got past the eighth was a uh, number four, and that happened both on the eighth and the ninth. So there is your KP index for seeing your Aurora Borealises. As we both so, look at each so that was extra information that I simplified for the listener. <laughs> no, your information was not completely accurate. How it was very, very, very simple. It was too simple to be inaccurate. <laughs> it was like a horoscope. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. <laughs> All right, we got a coronal, uh, coronal whole st- uh, stream update and uh, an aurora watch. As of October 7th, so three days ago. So nothing new. Nothing worth mentioning. Well, all I know is my sensitivities have been out of whack, and I'm blaming it to that, and I'm blaming it to, you know, Mercury moving into Saturn. Not Saturn. Mercury moving into Scorpio. I've gotten a lot of people also who's been telling me lately that they've been feeling like the immune deficiencies, feeling like they're feeling ill going on with the stuff and with the energies that are going on, I'm just going to say it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising that they would hit. I mean, in that area because of you know what what they are in the body. You got to understand, first off, you know, the whole stomach and and everything. I mean, Scorpio itself in the body would consider to be like sex and shit and anything that deals with those two. Sex and shit. Sex and shit. <laughs> Literally, that's the way they explain it. So, it's in other words. the organs that deal with both sex and shit. <laughs> not, that, it, ooh. German <laughs> Scheiser videos? <laughs> that is not this type of show, madam. <laughs> but it's also ruled. I know it's not this type of show, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm telling you what the planets are. But we're not talking about sex and shit. We're not. We're not talking about sex during <laughs> shit. No, no, during no. Shit. We try to strive to be a higher class of show. We strive to do better here at FXBG Public Radio than shitting on your sexual partner. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say by any chance that you were doing that. Anyway. Sex and shit I came out of your it mouth. Was, it came out of the body. <laughs> came <laughs> sex out of the body. Sometimes into the body, depending on your uh, your particular sexual orientation. And out of the body. Shit. Always uh, out of the body. Okay, okay. But Scorpio deals with those two areas as a sign. So The Scorpio is just a nasty, nasty sign. But it's ruled by both Mars and it's ruled by both... Uh, Pluto. So it's also re- it's dealing with your immune system and, and, and your respiratory 
uh, systems because of Pluto is also dealing with the. Uh, uh, I'm just saying it has all these. You're not gonna even let me read it. So. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying is is the red planet is gonna be dealing with you know. Um, your sexual organs as well, but then you have the respiratory system and the uh, reproductive system and the immune system, which is coming in through Pluto's energies, which is ruled by Scorpio. You've got Venus there right now, which is going to be dealing with um, your taste, your tongue, your swallowing, your mouth, your saliva, your your touch, your skin. And then we also have Mercury moving in, which is talking about like the headaches. It's going to be talking about uh, stagnant energies within the brain itself, mental uh, frustrations, uh, influencing of all of that. And on top of it, it brings you back around to Jupiter. All of this is going on in the one planet right now, which will also deal with your kidneys, your liver. Um, it's your physical body's ability to grow and the toxins within it so i'm just saying with all of the energies that are coming in through scorpio not to mention that the moon enters it in like a hot few minutes anyway i mean it wouldn't be surprising if if you're kind of feeling a little out of whack along with all of that but with that being said let's get into what the show is really about tonight <laughs> so the show tonight we're going to be talking about correspondence <sighs> Can I say it? Yes, you may do whatever you wish. We're in the second week of, uh, week of October, so... Oh, it's Halloween! <laughs> I never know when it's going to come out of that man's mouth. That's the same thing you said last week. <laughs> I don't care. I still never do. I'm always shocked. Anyway, this week we're going to be talking about correspondence that go with Halloween, um, as well as some rituals that go with Halloween, and we'll hit some of the creepy crawlies as I like to put it. Some of those spirit guides and medicine that you can get from those ones you prefer really not to have to deal with, so to speak. Well, and that depends on a person's personal preference. Nobody really wants to deal with maggots. Mm. Well. <laughs> when I say creepy crawlies, I'm going after some of the funky, funky ones. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story here. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm out camping with... Uh, one of my ex-wives and my good buddy, best one of my best friends on this planet. And he and I were out hunt, mushroom hunting. She was out mushroom hunting. We all went and like went out in a triad type direction. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking for this hen of the woods. Never found one. Hadn't found one yet. Yet, yet. Nope. Couldn't find it. It was never, ever, ever around. And guess what? I get Hey, Devin, what's this? God damn it, Corey. Because I know he doesn't know his mushrooms. Right. So I, I abandon my spot. I go down the hill, cross the creek, up the hill. I'm like, what's up, Corey? What's that? Points right at the end of the woods. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right. All right. Beautiful. Great. Awesome. Good job, Corey. Okay. You're you are my good luck charm, man. And he to this day he really is one of the best good luck charms I've ever had, mushroom hunting. <laughs> so I collect that some bitch, I take it home. Well, home being the campsite, right? So we get back there and we're cooking up. We got some mushroom rice, we got some bacon cooking up, we, we got some fixings going on. 
hear him, I'm slicing up these mushrooms. And at the same time, we may or may not have imbibed in psilocybin mushrooms after we got back to campsite. <laughs> may or may have not. <laughs> I'm not going to incriminate myself or those with me. And as I'm cutting him up, I'm looking down at the underside of this mushroom because as any mushroom hunter knows, Hint of the Woods is a polypore, which means instead of having gills, it's got tiny little holes at the bottom that the spores pop out of. I'm glancing down and I'm like, why do I see moving black spots? Ew. Oh man, I must be tripping my mind out. So I'll pick up one of the lobes of this because it's, you have not had the experience yet of seeing one, but it's lobular coming off a central stem and they look like literally the idea when you see them on the ground is they look like piled up leaf litter okay so i pick up one of these lobes i'm like what the hell oh there's a whole bunch of little maggots sticking their heads up out of this now mind you a whole bunch of these that i already cut up had just been thrown into the fire with the rest of the food ew gross go ahead (laughs) <laughs> so I had a choice. Either a, throw away all the food we had Abandon for the day. It all. <laughs> or shut my mouth and keep cutting up uh, the rest of this the, for the preparation of the rest of the food. And just telling everyone a little bit later that, yeah, you just joined the I Ate a Bug Club by 100. Oh, gross. I would kill you. <laughs> Ew. It, we all joined the I Ate a Bug Club by 100. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? God I'm lo- keeping my eye on you if you're feeding me, I'm telling you. <laughs> God love my fucking hippie friends because I told them after they got the first couple of bites, it's like, ah, in fairness, uh, let me tell you something here, guys. So I told them the story. And they're like, why'd you wait this long? We don't care. Well, good, good on them. Good on them. <laughs> Ew, no, 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 sorry. Extra protein, man. Yeah, I mean, if I'd already eaten it, maybe I would have been all right with it. But if I had the choice, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, that's me. Okay, shaman. I don't care. I'm still a girl. <laughs> Do you think a thousand years ago they cared? Okay, shamans also are known for putting slugs in their mouth. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember what it was to heal. I just remember that that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will choose my branch of shamanism, and I will stick by it. I'm sorry. I, I know where I draw the line. Gross. No, okay. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. But, um, okay, to get into some of the correspondence that would go with uh, Samhain or with Halloween... <laughs> Obviously, everybody knows the colors are orange, brown, black, gold, scarlet, and white. Those are the colors that go with it, but they may not realize that would be the colors you also use. And the reason I'm going over that is because for those who do candle magic, you want to make sure you're sticking with those color candles. There's a reason behind those candles that would go with your spell work, so to speak, if you were working with that. 
and it would help with whatever your spells would be. But that also depends on what it is you would be using, you know, what kind of spell crafting you were doing, so to speak. So I'm not going to go into the colors. If you're doing spell work, you should already know this. But in case you don't, maybe you want to go back and look up what the meaning of the colors mean when you're dealing with a candle. Okay, what? This is the way you were looking at me. Um, and herbs, I've got several different ones I'm going to go over. But for the most part, the stones that go with uh, Halloween is jet, obsidian, onyx, carnelian, and bloodstone. Now, I'm going to tell you, honestly, a lot of people don't realize this. I'm double-checking if I'm missing anything before I go any deeper on that. Because i got a couple of different ones to scroll through. But um, basically, it's, like I said, they're sticking with the idea of the stones that would be in correspondence with Halloween is jet, obsidian, onyx, uh, carnelian, and bloodstone. So obviously, it's the bloodstone, not so much, but mainly it's black and orange stones. However, if you don't know what you're doing with stones, with your crystals, let me tell you, do not mix. Do not mix obsidian and onyx. Do not mix jet and obsidian. Don't mix blacks. Don't mix oranges. Make one with one color. I mean, one stone. Like, like carnelian and obsidian would be fine. Or carnelian and jet would be fine. But you don't want to mix black on black. There's a reason those energies are not meant to be together. And you will actually cause a bigger problem than you are thinking you're going to. You should not be mixing your stone colors because they hold different energies. And those energies together do not collide well. I see you have a look on question on your face. Elaborate. Uh, basically, it's just the energies kind of will devour one another and actually open up a bad energy. And there, it's more or less said, especially with the black stones, you'll open up a demon wall. So don't be mixing your black stones unless you have been actually schooled in your crystals. Meaning, I mean, it's okay to, to mix your crystals and make something, but I wouldn't put black crystals with black crystals. I wouldn't put red crystals with red crystals or orange crystals with orange crystals. If you're going to use an orange crystal, fine, stick with that one. If you're going to use a black crystal, fine, stick with that one. Choose your reasons behind why you're using it, yes, but I wouldn't tell you to mix the same colors. There's a reason their vibrations are different, and when you mix them, you may actually not be getting what you think you're getting, and that's just because you're not intelligent to what its energy actually is capable of doing. Do you have anything else? I just see you coming up with something. I just know what I've been told and what I've always stuck with because I know, I know I've had some bad energy come back my way from not knowing. So, therefore, you can't give me any... I can't, and I'm not going to. I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest with the crap I was told and that it, it with, with what I have done before has managed to make itself feel like I should, should listen to that, so I chose to. And that's why I said if you've been schooled in crystals, you'll know the difference. But it might have to do with the fact of also being schooled in crystals properly. Because you can make the elixirs and everything else, but there's ways of doing stuff that is proper and some that aren't. And if you haven't been schooled in it, you might not want to just mess with just any old willy-nilly shit. So, again... You can't give me the exact... I'm not, I can't give you an exact on it because I am not schooled in crystals, and that is why. Then I will be quiet. 
<laughs> All right, and then we get into some of the herbs. And actually, there's a whole lot of herbs that go with uh, Halloween. It would be apples. Not pot. <laughs> apples, marigold, cypress, fern, pumpkin, heather, nuts, hazel, sage. And then you have rosemary. Rosemary is a big one at this time because rosemary deals with memory. It deals with remembrance, period. And you are dealing with the dead and you are dealing with those who have passed before you. And that is part of what the whole idea of Halloween is about. Then you have mullein seeds, <laughs> which are good for projection and abundance. Mugwort, which is good for divination. Rue, sunflower petals, um, turnip seeds, apple leaves, mushrooms, wild ginseng, worm, wormwood, tarragon, bay leaf, almond, hazelnut, passion flowers, paint, pine needles, nettle, garlic, hemlock, mandrake root. I told you I got a whole lot of different ones that I'm pulling it from. Catnip, deadly nightshade, allspice, straw. Mm. Oak leaves, and I think I might almost be done. Angelica. And then just hazel in general. And, uh, and in case I missed the oak leaves, they're all uh, things that people will use within their rituals or for decoration, you know, uh, also for when they're making so to speak, their, their spell work or their rituals in general for at this time to uh, work with Samhain or, or, or All Hallows Eve or Halloween in general. Is there anything you have to say about that? Nope. I had something here, but I can't find it. Well, I'll have to look at it for a minute. What is it? I was, I know I had a few, I'm looking at my other phone, because I had a few, uh, uh, like, ingredients recipes for uh, people, but it looks like I saved it onto the wrong phone, and now I'm trying to see, which was was good for uh, incense in general, for making their own incense during the holiday, but I don't know where I put it, and I, I'm looking, but I'm not, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time looking, I'm just looking for a second to yeah. validate it, thank you. You talk, I'll look. Okay, I mean, it may not be in there at all, but um. Okay, anyway, so the next one is we start to get into some different rituals that you may uh, want to take part in for the holiday itself. And actually, most of them aren't something that's really hard. Some of them are very simple. The whole idea of Halloween or Samhain is because you're remembering the dead. You're remembering those who went before you, point blank, whether... You want to look at on a witchy level or just, you know, friends and family who have gone before you and moved on. And one of those is that you would take a nature walk. I mean, go spend some time. But Herbs of Yule? No, that's for two months down the road. So yeah, I, so I think I'm, a, oh, that's not, I might be on the right path. Keep going. Okay. Um, anyway, so one of them is is i mean a lot of these aren't even things that you have to spend some money on i mean some of them are just soulfulness you have to take time and do and rituals see now i'm weird with rituals i there's so many people out there 
who do do spell work in general and with their rituals, and I'm, I'm not one of them, so to speak. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my magical ways. I create my own stuff, but I am very much one of those who I believe you should create your own rituals. You should create your own incense. You should create your own spells. Because if you just take something you found on Pinterest or you got off of somebody else's Facebook page or blah, 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 I'm like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work the same in any way, shape, or form. The reason for that is those those original spells and rituals and ideas were written by someone who was attached to that energy, who felt that energy, had a communication directly with themselves and that energy. So, I mean, that's why, I mean, he's looking up some of the uh, recipes that people may want to use. But for me personally, I go with what my gut says. And I go with what spirit directs me to. But these are ones that I had found and I thought I'd share with you. But I do believe deep down you should always... Take it from your heart and soul. Otherwise, you're wasting your time, spirit's time, and the universe's time. Wink, wink. Yeah, it's not on this. All right. Um, I know it's somewhere. I'll find it later. Um, anyway, there's a... Uh, I need this one. I can't give it to you. Um, so it's the nature walks. I mean, go out and spend some time with nature. Pay attention to the colors, the sounds, the aromas, and let... let the universe and the world around you. I'm reading what it says, and then I'm just kind of spitting off of it. Shinrin Yoku. Yes. Let it get into your soul. Give it a chance to pay attention to the death and the rebirthing of everything around you. Shinrin Yoku. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the, the exactly what it's about. Getting out there no, and it spending actually, some time. Yeah. That's and exactly what it's about. Engaging all five senses. Exactly. It's just they didn't call it that. That's what the Japanese called it. Uh, and fine. I like it in the since I've seen this, a, a Japanese scientist do study on the human body in what the Shinrin-yoku effects actually are. That's what I want to stick with because it makes sense. Oh, I agree. And I agree that it is a ritual. It is a ritual. I mean... Like I said, but some people will go out and have to do, like, a whole spell. Like, when I was out with you the other day, and I said I had to go up to the top of the hill because I had to give thanks. Right. I mean, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not mm -hmm. taking crap that I read off of a ritual mm -hmm. book, and you know. I mean, yeah, it'll help you get right with self to figure out what is right with self. Right. I mean, help you in a direction, but you can only do what you've got to do. And the way you do it. Right. It's like the uh, the other day when Bear tore me through the woods against <laughs> my own uh, personal He's will. He's been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I, merging with him was a bad idea. <laughs> but since I've merged with him, he pulled me off into that spot and he took me straight to a fairy ring. And when I was... <laughs> you were so cute when I came up on you. were like Bear. I was in the spot. middle of a story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Can I continue, please? Yes, I'll shut up. Are you sure? Yes. All right. So once I got in the middle of the fairy ring, Bear gave me back to myself. First thing I did was drop to my knees, dig a hole, bury some tobacco, and give thanks to that piece of land. So you're right. And that was my ritual. Yes. And, you know, everyone has their own rituals. Yes, everybody has their way of going about it. But I couldn't help it. When I walked up on you, you were just like, Bear really likes this spot. <laughs> It was cute. I couldn't help it. All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> but, okay, so one of the next ones is um, 
you can set up a Halloween altar. And there's also... A Halloween altar? For, for A lot of witches will are really big about their altars, about how they do their ceremonies. That's what I'm saying. Is some people will use their ceremonies and do them in the house and make like an altar room or an altar in the room. And then some people will go outside and create an altar when they're in nature. Mm-hmm. And from that point, then do it. It has to do with, I guess, your religion, how you feel about doing it, where, where it comes from, from your heart and soul, how you were taught, blah, 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 blah. Right. But because um, there's an ancestor altar that people will make as well as a Halloween altar, which I think is funny because I would kind of think that they would be one in the same, but in the same sense, not. One would be representing just your ancestors, and one would be representing the idea of Halloween or Samhain itself. <laughs> Well, you know, one would think the idea of a an an ancestor altar at the time of Samhain slash Halloween slash All Saints Day would make sense, but to do an altar straight to Samhain or Halloween or All Saints Day seems to me like a waste of time because you're making an altar to a period of time not to anything specific they're doing it to the veil the the to the timing of when the veil would be so opening. you're honoring the thinning veil honoring the dead the moment of the dead when the dead opens so then shouldn't it be an uh, an altar of the dead but see in a sense and, I, and, I, and even then i feel like that is inaccurate because it's not just the dead that come through when the veil is thinned right it's the other spirits like let's face it dragon Owl, wolf, bear, they're non-human, non-animal spirits. There's non-earthly spirits, too. Exactly. And they come through just as strongly, if not stronger, at this point in time. Uh So, therefore, for it to be an altar of, quote-unquote, the dead, it seems to me, you know, most people don't understand that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me like it's a rebirthing <laughs> time. It's it's kind of what they're honoring as the dead, but yet the rebirth. I get it, but for me personally, I'm like confused. I'm sorry, I'll shut right up. I was trying to say it feels like they're not getting the whole picture and not honoring everything that needs to be honored. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's don't. It's okay. To I'm off. I'm used to being run over. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. You just have to tell me, Michelle. Shut up, Michelle. Thank you. I'll shut up. I didn't say anything but your name. I don't have to know what comes next. You're not saying it, but I know what it means. Michelle! (laughs) Continue. (laughs) But people will use skulls. They will use skeletons. They will use um, graveyard dust, um, dirt. They will um, use their harvest foods, like what I was just saying for all the different uh, correspondence as far as herbs goes, the nuts, the berries. Uh, they will use dried leaves and acorns. They will make uh, cider, wine, or mead and use it with, within their, uh, within their uh, altars and, and whatnot. And like I said, I mean, depending on where you are on your path, to eat your own. By all means, use an altar if that's what you need. And maybe just look up what and how you want to create your altar properly for yourself. Because, like I said, to each their own. People will spend time in the in the uh, cemetery. They will go into the graveyard, basically itself, for one to remember 
the people who you love who are gone so that you can also, you know, take flowers there. It's not just about going into the cemetery to be spooked out, but it is about going to pay respect. And honoring. Yes. Paying respect, honoring, and remembering. Because without remembering, I heard something the other day, and it's sad, but I loved it. Um, it was talking about the, the uh, three deaths of, like, Mexican tradition. And they were like, the original death is when you first, as most likely a younger person, hear that more, as a mortal, you're going to die. Coming to grasp with, with the fact that you're going to die would be the first death. Then To quote the, the, the original crow, my father once told me that childhood comes to an ending when uh, the first day you learn that you know that you're going to die. Yeah, and that's a deep, I mean, when you actually really, not just, uh, whatever, but when you take that in, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big step in mortality. I mean, because you have to admit that, you, or, or maybe that's the first time you learn that you're going to die because somebody did die, you know? So it's like the first real death of, of the death and the rebirth in general because you're learning of it and you have to come to grips with it and, and, and acknowledge that. Your first step of knowledge. Yes. And your second one was supposed to be um, when you actually die and the fact that you did die and you're dead. But the third one is what got my attention because the third death is the last time somebody speaks your name and after that you are forgotten. That's sad. Nobody wants to be forgotten, but we all have to be returned. That's not true. There are several people I know that wish to be forgotten, that are still walking among the living. But see, the thing is, is you're still not forgotten. You, you just changed into a whole new thing. Yeah, but that, that's not the, the statement. The statement was, no one wants to be forgotten, and I know better. Yeah, I mean, but I, think, I guess that goes through times and phases of your life, too. A natural introvert does not want to be noticed, does not really want to inter- interact with anybody that don't want to be remembered. Now, somebody such as yourself or myself or EK, we want to be remembered. <laughs> EK says something because what? I want to what? what? <laughs> I want to what? When did I come into this? Go ahead. <laughs> we want to be remembered. So, you know, if the, the moment comes where we've, gone beyond the second death into the third to where the name is no longer said. You said that's a, a sad moment. It's a sad moment because it's like when you become forgotten. But at that point in time, we've already moved beyond the physical realm. We've moved on into the Summer Isles or become reincarnated back into a new life on this planet. So therefore, our consciousness is either evolved beyond right. or doesn't care and doesn't know so it's that third death is not as a significant an idea i guess what it is is it's the idea of the third death playing with the mind of the first death you elaborate okay that would be like the the cycle playing its full cycle and when you first find out you're gonna die it's Mm -hmm. such a it's it's a big step in mortality of understanding and the emotions that go with that 
of acknowledging that that's going to happen, that third death. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not even that the it's sad to the third death. Maybe it's more sad to the first. More sad to the first. It's 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 okay. So leave me alone with my English. What I'm saying, it would be more devastating to the first death to realize that eventually you're going to be forgotten. Because my idea is, okay. isn't it uh, about being loved? Love is the ultimate power, but that's beside the point. So, I th- m- correct me if I'm wrong here. It seems to me like it should be based on your own terms here. It should be first death, third death, second death. Because psychologically, spiritually, soulfully, the first death is learning that you are mortal and then one day you're going to die. Uh-huh. And then learning that one day your name will never be said again. Yeah. And third, your actual physical death. Because if the third death happened after the second death, like I said, if you're in the summer aisle or whatever realm that you believe in beyond, you've already ascended to a higher level of consciousness to where that doesn't matter to you. You've transcended. Or... You've returned back to this realm in a reincarnated form, so you're unaware of it. So it becomes a moot point. Yeah, I get so it. So it should be first, third, second. So therefore, in the way you described it, it should be third should become the second, and the second should become the third. I guess that's just my emotional side kicking into it. I don't know. It could be. It could be. It could be, but that makes more sense soulfully. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, because I heard that, and I was like... I don't want anyone to forget my name. It's just, like I said. I am Lady Stars on Fire, and everyone will know me and love me for an end of time. I don't mean it necessarily like that, but I mean it's like when you're when you're done, you're no more. But you're never no more. You never know more. Because what, what, you will never know all. Exactly. So, I mean, it's confusing anyway. So, therefore, <laughs> again, once again, based on the number description that you th- uh, threw out there, Third could be considered ego death. Yeah. And ego death either happens before second death, as you described it, or not at all. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was just paying attention to what I had heard and and how it got into my soul. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's just I did view it that way. I'm viewing it that way now. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay. Anyway. If you have any questions, hit me up at hillhippie <laughs> at fxbgpublicradio.com, and I will throw all your ideas under the bus or give you some answers that make absolutely no sense, no sense or some sense uh, any way you want to see it. And also, with that being brought up, I would like to, at this point in time, mention last week's radio contest of what is the scariest monster that's been put out there. E.K., can you give me a drum roll? <laughs> yeah, get with it, E.K. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out there, man. All right, so with the rim shot versus the drum roll, we're going to go with the winner of the scariest monster is the Headless Horseman. Nope, that was it. The one and only vote we got. (laughs) 
was for the Headless Horseman. Thank you, Lister, uh, listener Anonymous, for sending that to me at literally the zero hour. Literally the zero hour. And I reached out to this listener to find out if they wanted to be named or not, and that's why they are anonymous, because they were the one and only listener. So, listeners, I understand. You don't listen to us live. You got a week. Get it and listen to us. You didn't vote. I love you. We're going to try this again next week with a different poll. So tune in next week to find out what the new poll is, and we'll try again. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. Let me jump back at where I'm at so I can get caught up. Point blank is the next thing is, shoot, I went too far on my little thingy here, is pause for a moment and, you know, pay attention to the rebirthing in your life, the death in your life. Um Put a candle out for spirit and help them be help to light their way into the light for those who are in the in-between so that they can find the light. Then you want to also have, um, oh, we're going to have to come back for something. Um, the next would be bonfires and then divinations would be another area of rituals. Doing divinations and as well as a, a banishment for during this time. Mm-hmm. We have also, I'll hit real fast, some of your creepy crawly ones, but I can't really have a whole lot of time to go over them. One of the ones that I call, because so, these actually have very powerful medicine, um, your creepy crawlies, and I'll actually come back, I'll go over them next week. But I'll just give you them so that I didn't lie to you this week. The worms is one of the ones that will be, I, I call your creepy crawly spirit guides. Then you have maggots. Then you have cockroaches, centipedes, snails. And I stick with them mainly when I go into the creepy crawly ones because sometimes your really gross, nasty ones have some really, really powerful medicine. However, like I said, we're running out of time because we've been talking a little too much, which is fine. You've um, still got three minutes, so pick one and give that one's medicine, and that's one less you have to hit next week. I'm trying to see what I got written down. I'll use maggots. There you go. Maggots is actually as disgusting as it is. It's one of my favorite medicines to get from the disgusting side of things. And the reason why is people don't want to see it that way because it's disgusting. But what I mean by that is it's the same as a caterpillar and a butterfly in a form. Because we don't want to see anything to do with maggots, typically. We're not comfortable with it. But they eat crap. They, they live in the dirt. I mean... They live in the filth is what it comes down to. They are death in itself being getting ready to take place in general. Their bodies crust over and they eat themselves into where they just finally die. But the thing is, is they eventually crust over and then they fly away. It speaks to us of perspective of the world around us and moving into a higher realm and moving on and rebirthing itself. It speaks to us also of like the planet Pluto and astrology or different gods, so to speak, that deal with death and rebirth. 
in that form. Maggots is actually a blessing when it's being given to you as a guide because the death is about to take place so the blessing can. However, you need to work through the blessing of allowing the death to happen. It is a disgusting way of having it taught to you and it's not coming in a foo-foo way like the caterpillar and the butterfly, but it truthfully has much of the same meaning. And it all comes down to the simple fact that everything on this planet, everything in this universe has spirit. And just because it looks disgusting or slimy, or you find it in the underside of a mushroom that you weren't expecting it to find in, <laughs> to find it in, doesn't mean it doesn't have a message. Right, exactly. I mean, there's always a message in everything. It's just up to you to be able to acknowledge it and allow See its message it. to teach you a lesson. Decipher it. Mm -hmm. And then follow it. And at this point in time, it's time for the astrology. Thank you. I was taking a drink. Now, this week, yesterday we had the new moon in Libra. Today I was already talking about Mercury is moving into Scorpio. Uh, I'm going to give you the big just, and then if I have time for all of it, I'll go through everything. But I'm right now I've been telling everybody... Point blank, your power plays. The power signs are coming out of Libra and coming out of Venus. They are so much more powerful than you are realizing at this moment, especially now with Mercury moving into Scorpio as well. People are overlooking Libra, though, because they are not realizing that Libra has um, the sun in it. It has Cirrus in it. It also has Haumea in it, and it has Make-Make in it. They overlook this. This is your universal seventh house of relationships, okay? And this has everything to do with Venus's power play right now. And I know a lot of people are still, when they hear about astrology, they're still thinking about Capricorn energies, and they're thinking about Pluto, and they're thinking about uh, Saturn being there. And, yes, the energy coming out of... Libra and out of Mercury is going to be dealing with those energies and forcing the changes to take place. But the key is it's coming out of Scorpio and it's coming out of Libra. Like I said, this is your universal seventh house of relationships as well as what the relationships are responsible for. And Venus right now is basically her whole this whole month, Venus is about unfucking you over. Where you've managed to fuck yourself over. Go ahead. And she's going to help with that how? I'm about to explain. Um, I've been saying for the last couple weeks, you know, basically you want to go back six to eight years, something most likely is coming back in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a person, place, or thing. Something from six to eight years ago is most likely returning into your life. This has to do with Venus, and it has to do with Venus's retrograde right now. But the power is not coming from Venus's retrograde, no. The power is actually coming from the fact Jupiter is in Scorpio, magnifying that energy. And... That's six to eight years ago. We'll most likely be returning. Like I said, people, place, or thing. Something about it returning. Trying to teach you where it didn't quite work out the way you hoped it would. And it's not about making the same mistake. It's about learning from that mistake so you don't screw up the mistake. So you don't screw up and make the same mistake now in one shape or another. However, if you're over 30, 35 years old, 
there's also another secret that's going on right now and this is coming from Jupiter in Scorpio because I would say from anywhere if, if you're like I said if you're over 35 anywhere from 1982 to 1988 something was forced to take place and change in your life in some form or another one way or another something was forced to back then in Scorpio you had Pluto and you had Saturn and Mercury and the Venus also kind of what ran through there several times but it was mainly about Pluto and Saturn running through that energy which meant there was a death decay and destruction of some form taking place so a rebirth was taking place but with that rebirthing there was something that changed your rules your walls your boundaries that somehow now over the next 30 some years when you look back at this has caused insecurities self-esteem self-worth self-value um has caused a uh, 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 neglect for yourself neglect within nourishment in some form and this is a karmic way of trying to clean out the mistake you can't erase the mistake that took place on how you set up those rules walls and boundaries but something happened between 1982 and 1988 that forced a deathing in your life and a rebirthing and with that with that being said, it changed the way you would view how to build your rules, your walls, your boundaries. But I'm told by spirit, mainly 1986 is where you would really look. However, with that being said, when I get back into the astrology on it, this has everything to do with Jupiter. Jupiter is magnifying Venus's energy on how she's able to go back in and unfuck you over from what you have allowed to create for yourself on accident within these rules, walls, and boundaries. So that's what she's doing this whole month. It's like the unfucking starts now, basically, to help yourself out. <laughs> unfucking. That just does not sound fun. <laughs> well, you can't always get it. <laughs> Ow. No. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, shit. That's the story of my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> but Jupiter is basically reaching all the way back into the Kuiper belt. It's, it's going back into those cold, dark energies where it's just been dormant and sleeping for a long time. So these, we're talking about denials that you didn't even realize you were in denial about. Like I said, in dormant, you were... Just not even acknowledging that these things are part of the rules, walls, and boundaries that created, that's made these mistakes. That maybe at the time were serving you, but are not serving you now, and they need to be changed. So Venus is going in and really touching base on where you're sensitive about it, and where it fits, and where it works for you, where those sensitivities will, you know, work for you and not against you and if it's stuff that needs to be changed she's going to be pointing out where it's working against you in painful ways so that you have to make a change again just like we did in between 1982 and 1988 but like I said I'm being told mainly with 1986 and like I said it has to do with those energies that she's reaching all the way out there for now, as I get into it a little bit deeper, it also has to do with that Cirrus energy that is in uh, the Cirrus energy that is in Libra with the sun. The sun is illuminating where Cirrus is coming to threefold. Okay, she's eliminating where the karma is, where the threefold 
has to come to full circle so that, you know, you can start correcting the mistake that was made back then at how you set those rules, walls, and boundaries. And she's going to be speaking to you about the neglect that is in your life, or maybe even child neglect. Maybe it was neglect in, in many different ways that have had, had to do with you growing up as a child in one form or another. Saris is all about nourishment, and she will point out where you were nourished correctly or where you were not nourished correctly, and there was neglect there because she's trying to force you to change it and do it better in a more healthy way. That's what all of this is about. So the sun is illuminating that energy. Haumea, which is there in Libra, which you just had the new moon. So it's time for new beginnings. Uh, but these new beginnings, you probably won't even see until about January, December, January. It's going to take that long for it to really manifest into true, proper, healthy directions that will be starting to come forward. But Haumea is in that universal seventh house with Cirrus and the sun, and this speaks directly to your collective consciousness. That's where Jupiter is doing its work. Jupiter is going back into the Kuiper belt and pulling this energy out of Cirrus, pulling energy out of these areas that are so far out that there's nothing other than cold darkness that it's jumping into and yanking that magnification back forward. Now, you do have positive energies this week. You have Chiron and Scorpio, um are in a trine. Chiron and the nor Leo in the North Node are in a trine. So the healing is trying to come forward. It's it's if it's there for you, the wounded healer is trying to point out what needs to change and give you, you know, the softness of being able to move forward and recreate the death of one thing and the beginning of a new. It is there for you. Neptune is backing up that energy with its magic. So it's very much positive things that are coming forward. However, one of the key events that is taking place that is on the uh, challenging side of this that most people are not going to talk about that uh, is Eris. Eris is in an opposition. Eris is in opposition in Aries with Libra, which is with that sun, with that Cirrus, with Haumea, which is your collective consciousness. Nobody is going to be talking to you about what Eris is. And Eris is in your universal first house where things begin. And the point is, is Eris is so much, so much harder on you than Lilith is. Lilith is your dark energies and uh, nobody's going to make me do a damn thing I don't fucking want to do. But Eris is the goddess of resentment. She's the goddess of resentment, the goddess of revenge and strife, trouble and toil, pain. And and what solar body does she represent? I don't know. She's not one that I can't understand as far as going into the body. But because she's one of those that are way yeah, back no. there in the Kuiper belt. Okay, so when I say body, you mean, you know, I mean, what's out there? What represents her in the night sky? Yeah, she's all the way out in the Kuiper Belt, and it's hard to get a lot of good information on the stuff that's in the Kuiper Belt. So they really don't know what the source of it is. They just threw a name on it. Well, they they when they pick the, the names that they do, typically they pick them after gods, so to speak, and what they represented because of what that energy is supposed to represent. However, they only have so much that they can go on with things that are so far away. Mm -hmm. There's things like Chiron. Chiron, they know it's the wounded healer, but they still have trouble explaining what it means to many people. Okay. So it's hard. Well, <laughs> basically she's saying she has to do with your sensitivities right now because she just lit up my whole page. 
And is what I'm getting from spirits, the way they put it. She has to do with sensitivities, but ones that you're, are ill, ones that are still not clean, they haven't worked through, you haven't healed. Like I said, that's resentment, revenge, strife, trouble, toil, pain. Right. And with her in opposition of Libra, she's fighting or against every single thing that Libra represents. Libra represents right now with Venus, not with Venus, with the sun there, with Sirius there, and Haumea there. It's the collective consciousness. It's about learning. It's about moving forward. It's about the lotus flower. Where are you on the level of the lotus flower? How can you illuminate and actually evolve and move forward within the relationship you have with yourself and with others? Mm -hmm. And Iris which is in opposition, is key as to why some of these problems are coming up with such a smackdown right now, especially if from that 1982 to 86 energy that has to be changed. Because, like I said, Jupiter's reaching way back into the Kuiper belt and pulling on these energies that have been dormant, and she's making you remember, I didn't want, making you remember, you know, this. I, I set this this way because this hurt me. I don't like this. I'm not going to change the way I do this, blah, 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 because of pain they're in. But the point is, it's I don't want to spank you. It's going to hurt you, me more than it's going to hurt you. Kind of. A lot of that kind of stuff that hurt you and made you grow up to be who you were in some senses. Um, and it has to do with changing these energies and making it evolve into a better situation. But you have to work through the uncleanliness of the pain from that trouble and toil. And Eris is going to fight it every step of the way. All right. With that being said, um, that's, like I said, one of the biggest keys nobody's going to be talking about. But you do still have, um, you have Pluto, which is squaring Ceres again. So, like I said, I've been talking a lot about Ceres. Pluto is death, decay, and destruction for renewal, rebirth, and regeneration. Pluto is not getting along with the fact that Cirrus is trying to move in and bring that illumination forward. Pluto is fighting the death, decay, and destruction. So it's it's not, there's only going to be a few that are going to move past this. There's only going to be a few that are going to move forward and actually start to take that next jump into that next evolution for themselves. But you're going to start the cycle all over again because they're going to refuse to learn this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's going to be some deep soul searching. That's what this whole month is about. Venus and Scorpio, Venus and Scorpio with Mercury and the communication coming in and Jupiter being there to magnify it can help you soul search if you're willing to do the hard work of soul searching to move forward. But if you're still completely stuck in the physical direction without any um, therapy, of the situation is what I'm being told. If you're not giving yourself the therapy you need, the proper love you need from Venus, then you're going to stay right where you're at and you're going to start the cycle all over again. But the opportunity is there. It's up to you if you're willing to move forward and actually learn is what I'm being given from them. Are you willing to take the steps? Right. Because you also have Chiron, which is fighting Saturn. And that is, Chiron is the wounded healer trying to give you the new rules, walls, and boundaries that you need in order to move forward. But will you do it? That's up to you, dear listener. Yep. And with that, it is time to say goodnight. I love you, everybody. Bye-bye. Safe journeys, all. Come now, my darling, and step back in time with